This week on Foamcast Radio, the latest Halo Blaster is finally revealed and Hasbro doesn't fail to disappoint. I've got a tactical analysis of Dart Zone's flagship flywheeler, your requisition recon and battlespace intel as usual, and another blaster engineer is in the war room to tell us about his exciting lever action design. Listen up and load up. It's time for the biggest podcast in the world dedicated to foam blaster toys. News, reviews, events, and more. And now, recording from the broadcast bunker, it's Ben Anderson, the host of Foamcast Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to Foamcast Radio, the podcast that has been in lockdown since long before the pandemic. Before we get started, I've got a quick sit rep for you. Coming up in December, I'm going to be doing something that I'm calling Digital Diet December. Basically what it means is I won't be on social media at all during the month of December. Now, this isn't the same thing as a digital fast where you stop using electronic devices. I just won't be using social media either on my computer or on my phone. That said, I will schedule episode posts ahead of time, and I'll still be producing episodes of the podcast with a War Room segment, but I won't be keeping up on the news. Instead, I'll get all caught up on that when I begin subjecting myself to social media again in January. Alrighty, no new phone patrol officers this week, but I do need to thank my existing officers. These are people who support the podcast with $10 a month or more on Patreon. Armored Nerf, Boomstick Mods, Chris Davis, and Nick Peterson. You can join the phone patrol and get your own shoutout in the episode by going to patreon.com slash foamcastradio. This week, I've just got one Stratcom item for you, and it's about the Nerf Halo Mangler. Now, we saw a blurry image from a different blaster's box before, but now we have an official image of the Mangler posted on Nerf's social media channels. It's effectively a disruptor with lots of extra plastic on it. According to Hasbro, it is a handle-primed, cylinder-fed springer with a six-dart cylinder. Now, previously, from the picture that we had, it looked like the cylinder would have more capacity or possibly hold mega-darts, but there's actually a plastic shroud surrounding the cylinder that just makes it look way bigger than it actually is. Rather than using all of that space to house a large capacity cylinder like the one from the Surge Fire, or a mega cylinder like the one from the Cyclone Shock, the Mangler just has a big fake hollow cylinder surrounding a regular old 6-dart cylinder. This blaster will be available at GameStop, but I'm not sure if it's an exclusive, and it will sell for 20 US dollars. The release date is currently unknown, but you can pre-order them now on GameStop's website. Foamcast Radio is supported by Flux Sunglasses. Whenever you're flinging foam, you need to be wearing eye protection. But shop glasses don't protect you from glare or UV rays, and most sunglasses are either too expensive for the battlefield or too cheap to hold up to punishment. That's why I'm so excited to tell you about Flux Sunglasses. These stylish sunglasses are durable enough to protect you from flying foam, polarized to cut glare, UV protected, and ridiculously affordable. For a limited time, my listeners can visit foamcastradio.com flux and use the coupon code foamcast at checkout to save 15% off their already low prices. Protecting your eyes on the battlefield is important. Don't wait another day to protect yourself with the only brand of eyewear I trust when I'm out on the field. 
Visit foamcastradio.com slash flux right now and don't forget to use the coupon code foamcast to save 15% off your entire order. Thanks to Flux Sunglasses for being the official eyewear of Foamcast Radio. Alright, this week I've got a tactical analysis of the Dart Zone Adventure Force Spectrum. The Spectrum is a magazine-fed semi-auto flywheel blaster. It includes an adjustable stock, adjustable foregrip, and a faux scope, all of which are removable and attach via the new Dart Zone attachment points we've seen on the Villainator and Cornerfire as well. It comes with a 10-dart magazine and 10 waffle darts, and it's powered by 6 AA batteries and features an oversized rev trigger and mag release. It's priced at $25, US and it's available now exclusively at Walmart. Alright, let's talk about the ergonomics of this blaster. The grip is very comfortable and fits really well in the hand. Unfortunately, the removable foregrip feels really cheap, like it's going to break if I pull on it too hard or hit it on something. So in my case, I just took it off, and I prefer the angled rail as a place to hold it instead. The adjustable stock is very short, even when it's extended, so I actually put the Villainator stock on instead, and it's much more comfortable and more stable as well. Aesthetically, the Spectrum looks very much like most Adventure Force blasters, with lots of lime green plastic. But I have to say, I do really like the general symmetry, unlike, for example, the Strife with the protruding battery compartment on the right side. And I also like the motor vents. They look really cool, and I'm sure they'll help a lot for cooling off the motors once I mod this blaster. Now let's talk about functionality. This blaster is compatible with most of the Nerf and knockoff magazines I tried in it, but it's not compatible with any half-dart magazines, even with adapters. That's because the pusher is too short, and you would have to replace it. Speaking of magazines, I've got one quick note about the included magazine. The box says it's a 10-dart magazine, and it even has a 10 molded into the side of the mag, but I noticed it's the same size as the Nexus Pro 12-dart magazine, and it turns out it can actually totally hold 12 darts, not just 10. Anyway, moving on, there is a trigger lock, meaning you can't pull the trigger unless the rev trigger is already pulled, and there's also a jam door lock, meaning that the motors won't rev with the jam door open. But interestingly, there is no magazine lock. You can rev and fire with no magazine inserted, so in theory you can keep the motors spun up while reloading if you want. Performance-wise, the Spectrum did very well with an average velocity in my testing of 100 FPS out of the box, way better than a Strife, which usually averages around 70 FPS. As far as modability goes, the Spectrum should be a piece of cake to mod with 130 motors. It also has a very large battery compartment, which will be perfect for a LiPo. And the oversized rev trigger and mag release negate the need for printed replacements for those parts. In conclusion, the Spectrum is a fantastic stock blaster at a strife-killing price. I definitely suggest that you pick one up for stock battles, and I'm looking forward to modding mine and putting it in the same league as my super stock strifes. Alright, let's get into your requisition recon. I've only got a few deals for you this time. Over at Amazon, the Nerf Rebel Mission Central Op Railmount is 5 US dollars. The Nerf Fortnite SPL, originally 20 US dollars, is marked down to 13. And the Nerf Mega Thunderhawk, originally 50 US dollars, is on sale for 32. As always, I've got coupon codes for you. If you make a purchase from Playrect, use coupon code FOAMCAST for 15% off, good through the end of the year. If you make a purchase from Blaster Wraps, use coupon code FOAMCAST for 20% off. If you make a purchase from Flux Sunglasses, use coupon code FLUXCAST10 for 10% off. And if you make a purchase from SM Enterprises, use coupon code FOAMCAST for 10% off. 
And don't forget to join my Facebook fan group, Foamcast Radio Fans, where I share giveaways from all the different blaster manufacturers and mod companies. For example, Busby is giving away a crossbow right now, and I've got the details posted in my fan group. Alright, let's get into your Battlespace intel for this weekend. I only have one event to tell you about. On Saturday, October 3rd, ASD Nerf Wars is having their October Spring ASD Nerf Wars event in Newtown, Queensland, Australia. Thanks to everyone who submitted their events, and make sure you follow at Foamcast Radio on Twitter for critical mission updates. For more info and to make sure your event gets mentioned on the podcast, visit foamcastradio.com slash intel. Before we go to break, I've got a quick after-action review for you. A couple of weeks ago, I went to a battle at the Coeur d'Alene Bible Church in Idaho. Most of the attendants were youth group kids with stock blasters, and there were a total of around 35 people, but there were a few of us with super stock blasters, including the organizer. What was really cool is we had the run of the church building, which was huge, including three floors and a gym. We played a few different game types, including Capture the Flag and a modified version of HVZ, and also nice was the fact that we had several moderators to ensure that there was no cheating. The organizer is planning more events in the future, including mod parties, super stock battles, and more, and I'm happy to help and advise him if he's interested. Foamcast Radio is supported by Blaster Wraps. I love modding blasters, and making them look unique can be so much fun. But painting takes a long time, a lot of sanding, and a clean and dust-free environment. Hydro dipping makes patterns possible, but takes a lot of skill and practice to get right. That's why I'm so excited about Blaster Wraps. These cool adhesive vinyl skins are custom created for popular blasters and available in hundreds of cool designs. From your favorite camo pattern to fun animal prints, even food patterns, and so much more. For a limited time, my listeners can get 20% off their order of any Blaster Wraps product by visiting foamcastradio.com wraps and using the coupon code foamcast at checkout. Customizing your blasters has never been so easy. Get your Blaster Wraps today at foamcastradio.com slash wraps and be sure to use the coupon code foamcast at checkout for your exclusive discount thanks to blaster wraps for supporting foamcast radio all right everybody this week i'm super excited to be talking to marius also known as big tendies he's an entrepreneur who likes to play with kids toys just like the rest of us marius how you're doing today oh i'm doing great <laughs> I, I i i get very happy when people call me an entrepreneur that's you know i'm a, I'm a small entrepreneur <laughs> I'm looking into starting a startup and, you know, someone calling me an entrepreneur is like the big confidence boost for me, you know? (laughs) Well, you've already started to make a name for yourself with some of your various designs, and we're going to talk about some of those today. Before we get into that, though, uh, why don't you just start out by telling us how you actually got into the blaster hobby? Oh, that's quite the story. I actually liked... uh, Maybe I should start from the very, very beginning when I was a little kid. And... uh, in my family, uh, my parents didn't really like uh, when uh, kids playing with real guns. They thought it was inappropriate, that, uh, and so on so forth. So initially, I was actually raised without any plastic guns or Nerf guns or anything. And then the uh, Nerf and Strike line came out. And uh, basically, it was all over the advertising. It was, uh, well, it was really visible. And I was always a kid who was interested in taking things apart 
and uh, toys that uh, work in various interesting ways. And uh, I couldn't resist it. I couldn't resist it. I picked out a recon because it was like a Lego. It, it came in so many interesting parts and you could... Uh, basically, it just sold to me. And I brought it home and uh, I also had a neighbor's kid with whom we would play with Nerf. Then uh, I bought a fire strike. Then my little brother grew up enough. Then I gave him that fire strike and uh, it kind of died down. That was by the time I was about 14, I think. And I, a- and the whole thing was practically shelved until I was about uh, 20 years old. That's about three years ago. When uh, we recovered some, uh, a pair of strong arms that my brother got for his birthday and, uh, and uh, they weren't working so perfectly. So what we decided to do was to take them apart, lube them up, clear any mechanical problems, and uh, and have them fixed. So that's what I did, and I actually really enjoyed the experience. So uh, I went to a local toy base. It's basically a place that uh, picks up overstocked items from other shops and uh, basically things that either don't sell or... Or have broken packages and basically sell such toys for cheap. So uh, I came over to that shop. There's one in my town. And uh, they had a bin that has all sorts of broken toys, even, you know, even for their sense where they can't even fix them up themselves and sell them. So... And there were a bunch of Nerf toys, and uh, every once in a few weeks I would pick up a couple of Nerf blasters, uh, fix them up, and have them for myself. And eventually this morphed into me uh, painting them up. I started selling them on the internet. The business turned out quite successful for me. And, uh, and eventually, as I got deeper into the hobby, I... Uh, I uh, heard about 3D printing. I, I actually have been quite interested in technology for quite a long time before that, but I never really had a good reason to get a 3D printer. And uh, about two years ago, I decided to finally get one. So I bought a TiVo Tornado from uh, AliExpress, and uh, that's where everything started. I booted up uh, Fusion 360. I started sketching things up. My very first project failed, but uh, the second project or some, I, th- I think it's second or third attempt, was the Viper. And uh, and uh, I guess the rest is history. So you've already mentioned the Viper. Uh, what are some other designs that maybe folks out there might have heard of? Well, so there's the Viper, my 3D printed revolver. There's the heavy Viper, the full uh, dart version. Uh, then there's the Snake V1, uh, which is a, a also a FTW blaster, but uh, it's a pistol that's designed to be as compact as possible. The Night Snake, which is basically the same thing, but with a double cage. Uh, the Snake line eventually evolved into V2, which was released uh, quite recently, I think three months ago or something. And... Uh, and what else? There's also the type and assault rifle, but uh, it's proven to be a little less popular. And uh, the Mamba, which is a rival's pistol that uses its own proprietary magazine 
for, for, for better or worse. Well, you have definitely been busy designing a lot of interesting blasters, and recently you've been working on a new one. So tell us about this blaster. What is the Lancehead? Well, the Lancehead is a lever-action rifle. Uh, I'm not really quite sure what its place would be in the meta, because I don't play that much nerf. I mostly design stuff, but... Uh, the idea is for it to be in a very sleek, long form and uh, not to take as much vertical space as other alternatives. And basically, it's just... It, initially, it had a magazine, but uh, it's proven to be a little troublesome. With I, I've had feed issues, but mainly the problem was that it didn't have enough stroke. Okay, 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 I'm... I'm I'm derailing myself. Basically, the Lancet is a lever-action rifle that is supposed to have really cool looks. And uh, the hardware should be accessible to everyone. By that, I mean it's it should be as cheap as possible to make. Now, it's definitely very different from other blasters that you've designed. Talk about some of the aspects of the lance head that are unique when you're looking at all of your different designs. Well, uh... It's it's the longest one, <laughs> uh, but uh, seriously, it's uh, the first uh, Springer I have ever made. Well, not not technically the first one, but it will be the first one I will be releasing for everyone, because I have made uh, a prototype that only serves as a test rig. But uh, and uh, there are quite a few small innovations here and there. Basically, it has a single piece trigger. Which means that there is the trigger and sear are the same piece, which basically simplifies the design quite a bit. And uh, what else? Uh, the basically the whole lever and uh, bolt interaction system is quite a bit simplified. I have designed it to be as rugged as possible, and basically the only unique hardware piece it will need is uh, the lever plate, which will need to be laser cut, but. I took some interest into how much that's going to cost, and it turns out it's quite negligible on the larger scale of things. Well, it definitely sounds like a very ambitious project, and it sounds like you have a lot of unique challenges you're facing with this design. What are some of the uh, issues that you're working on? Issues? Well, uh, as I said, the first issue was when I had it to use magazines. And the problem was there wasn't enough stroke to pick up a dart. It would uh, The bolt would only move 50 millimeters back and forth. So that's actually barely more than the length of a Talmag, and it needs to go in some more to seal properly with the barrel. Uh, so that had to be dumped, and instead I started using a drum. But uh, now I'm having another problem, because drum has to be printed. Uh, there are some issues with the tolerances, and uh, the, the barrel sizing, and, and uh, the printed barrels cause more drag and uh, you know it's 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 a whole other can of worms let's just say well it definitely is a very different blaster from previous designs of yours but are there any lessons you've learned from previous designs that maybe are helping you out with this one well uh, um i think the most important one is the cam mechanism i've learned to make when designing the viper it uses a very similar design, but reverse, as in uh, the cam teeth stay in place, and the cam itself is the thing that moves, which also helps guide the bolt. 
So that's one thing. Another thing, uh, the, well, oh, I don't know. I've also made a bolt action rifle, which uses a similar bolt design, except obviously it was made to be primed with a bolt, so this time I've modified to be primed with a lever. Uh, but the plunger design and uh, the uh, plunger tube material are basically the same. So that's the two key innovations. And uh, I think that's about all. Well, your designs do have a tendency to create waves within the community. What has been the interest uh, surrounding the Lancehead? Uh, so far, there's been quite a bit of interest. I mean, compared to my older Reddit posts, I've been getting a slightly larger than average amount of interest. And... Uh, and uh, Quite a lot of interested people on uh, the Facebook group I am on as well. Uh, and uh, I'm actually quite happy that people provide a lot of feedback. I know it, it might not sound like it because I often ex reply that, no, it can't happen, this is why. But, but I'm actually really happy that people are engaging with my posts, uh, suggesting features because every so often uh, those features do make it into the final design and and uh, some people do provide really, really clever ideas. Well, I definitely want to ask you more about... Sorry, excuse me. <clears throat> well, I definitely want to ask you about some of your future designs and concepts that you're working on. Before we get into that, though, I've got a quick message from one of my hand-selected sponsors, and then we'll be right back. Foamcast Radio is supported by Wrecked Blasters. Play Wrecked and shoot faster and farther with CO2-powered Dart Blasters. Choose the Op 6, a powerful single-shot pistol, or wield the magazine-fed pump-action Op 4, powered by dual CO2 cartridges and compatible with the leading brand's magazines. Be sure to use coupon code FOAMCAST at playwrecked.com for 15% off your purchase. That's P-L-A-Y-R-E-K-T.com. Thanks to Wrecked Blasters for supporting Foamcast Radio. All right, everybody, we are back with Marius, also known as Big Tendies, and we're talking about his blaster designs. So we've covered the lance head, but what other designs have you been working on? I know that uh, generally blaster designers are never sitting still. They're always working on things. Oh, yeah, 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 that's true. Uh, well, that's a good question because... Uh, at this very moment, the only blaster that is currently in active development is the Lancehead. At this moment. But I am planning to soon begin the development of a belt-fed flywheeler. I have had a prototype uh, like half a year ago or so uh, that worked as a proof of concept but was far from satisfactory as a final product. So I'm thinking of... Uh, starting cr completely from scratch, and uh, m and uh, I've decided to make a fully complete product. Very exciting. And then, are there any ideas that you have that maybe you haven't even started working on that you could uh, tell us about some of the things that you have thought about doing? Well, uh, a few months ago, I had the idea of making a brushless blaster that would be powered by an Arduino board. Uh, but uh, that had to be shut down because of, uh, well, it's, it's a little difficult to explain the issues, but uh, basically some uh, software problems. I'm aware those can be overcome, but 
uh, I've realized that I wouldn't be able to produce this en masse uh, because of the sheer time it takes to make each unit, and uh, it's just too much. I, you know, I, I'm a university student. It's it's my final year. I'm also planning to, to start a startup, and it's just all these things in my life happening that uh, I I really need to balance my work and hobbies right now. Well, education and hobbies. That definitely makes sense, and we will hold out hope that you do find some time to make that brushless blaster. Yeah, I think I will eventually arrive at it, but uh, for now, I think I want to stick with uh, simpler projects, and uh, I want to tackle them one at a time. Well, Marius, uh, where can people find your designs if they're interested in making their own? Well, uh, you can find my designs on uh, Thingiverse by looking up Big Tendies. And uh, on Cults 3D, I, I don't remember how I called myself on Cults 3D. I, I think it's either Big Tendies or Freedom Blasters. And uh, on uh, Cults 3D, you can also find uh, the Snake V2, which is my uh, very first paid design. Uh, and uh, basically, it's a really, really neat pistol, and I think a lot of you might enjoy it. <laughs> Awesome. And then if people want to take a look and kind of see your progress and the things that you're working on, uh, where can they find you over on social media? Uh, I sometimes post on Reddit as Donut Steel Tendies or uh, on Printed Blasters Apart in Rehab Group on Facebook. And uh, I, I also forgot to mention I also happen to have an Etsy store named Freedom Blasters. Uh, where I basically also sell my paid designs, but uh, also I sell uh, some of the blasters I make when I feel artistic and I just want to paint something up and make it pretty and uh, I don't feel like printing, so there's that. Uh, And uh, I think that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. I've got one final question for you, the same question I ask all my guests at the end of an interview. And that, of course, is, other than one of your own designs, what is your favorite blaster? Uh, Well, you know, I should begin by saying that uh, most blaster designers design blasters that uh, they see as missing, That and uh, often, I know it doesn't sound humble, but uh, their own designs become their own favorites. As I, I'm not gonna call names, but many people have admitted this to me. Uh, but, uh, that's not quite the case for me. Uh, I, I, I do have my own favorite blaster out of the blasters I made, but even looking outside, again, it is difficult to find, uh, the absolute best blaster. So I think I'll give two answers. One of the answers is, uh, 3D bla- printed blasters from the community. And, uh, blasters from, uh, the greater market, you know, ha- Hasbro, uh, X-Shot, so on. Uh, so, out of the community, my favorite blaster, and, uh, that's really, really a difficult question, but I think it's the Spring Thunder. I ordered a hardware kit a few months ago, I assembled it, it works fantastic, it's a lot of fun. Uh, the, <laughs> the shells are fun. Uh, the blaster is mechanically sound and it's fan, again, it's fantastic to operate. Uh, and, uh, I'm not even sure what to pl- put as a close second because that is the only, uh, uh, 
only a 3D printed blaster made by other people that I have uh, made. Apart from the Desert Pigeon, I tried to make once, but uh, ran into issues and didn't revive it. But uh, that, that's that's admittedly also one of my favorite designs. I, I think Heath does uh, a great job. Shout out to him. <laughs> uh, but uh, when it comes to my very very favorite, I think it's the Spring Thunder. So the second part of this answer would be oh, which blaster from the major manufacturers do I like? And that's also a difficult question, but... And I am looking at my blaster wall right now. It's either the Nerf Hyperfire, because I absolutely love flywheelers. I love how smooth the belt fed... Well, not technically belt fed... Uh, the belt pusher design is, and uh, I know it's a little bit controversial, but I prefer it over the rapid strike slightly. Uh, so that's my very favorite, and uh, the close second is the X Shot Turbo Advance, uh, just because I I really really like high capacity springers, and I think that if you're going to spend extra time uh, priming the blaster, I think you should at least spend less time reloading that's my logic so i i hope that answered your questions awesome very interesting and and different answers that i haven't heard before thank you so much for talking to me today no problem all right everybody if you want to hear the pre and post interview conversation i had with marius patreon supporters have access right now to the uncut war room audio from this and tons of previous interviews thanks to flux sunglasses blaster wraps and play wrecked for sponsoring this episode Please support the podcast by supporting my sponsors. You can find a complete listing of all my sponsors at filmcastradio.com sponsors. Thanks to Marius for being my guest this week. And thanks to my supporters on Patreon. If you liked this episode, please consider becoming a supporter on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. Rewards include shoutouts, suggesting questions for upcoming guests, automatic entry in every counterintelligence contest, and more. You can sign up and directly support future episodes of the podcast at patreon.com slash foamcastradio. You heard me thank the officers at the top of the show, but I also need to thank my junior officers, people who support the podcast with $5 a month or more, Foam Focus and Slater. And you can also sign up to be a recruit by supporting the podcast with $1 a month or more. And finally, thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the battlefield. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to make sure you won't miss a single episode. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so it's easy to follow us and share this episode with your friends. You can also find us at foamcastradio.com. We can view the show notes, order merch, and more. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of Foamcast Radio. This is a Redeemed Recordings production. Copyright Redeemed Recordings 2020. Find more ritual content at redeemedrecordings.com. Thank you.